Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike, final segment of today's episode. Today's show went by fast, right? We covered a lot of ground. We, we went through that memo sent by Dr. Dunn talking about how things are pretty dire and you and I bear a certain responsibility to help uh, stem the, the increase in positive cases of the coronavirus here. We've talked a lot about masks, and I, I felt like a, like a parent talking down to a child all day, and I, I hate that, and I don't want to come across that way. Please, please don't feel me that way. I'm, I'm not scolding anyone. We're in this together. I, as I say all these things, as I talk about how we need to return to the fundamentals of combating the coronavirus, as I talk about how you and I need to remember to wash our hands and not touch our faces so much, and most importantly these days, wear a mask, know that I am having just as hard a time with it as you are. But I'm trying to get better. Yeah, I'm trying to get better. And the reason I'm trying is because the data right now is showing us that we really, really ought to be doing this. There is intense pressure on the governor's office right now to make the wearing of masks in public places mandatory. We have, for the most part thus far in Utah, been able to, uh, we've been able to avoid mandates like this. We've been able to avoid uh, the force of law being applied statewide to our response to the coronavirus. And if you and I can really, really take hold of the data right now and look at uh, what is happening and take the advice which is presented alongside this startling data, the advice uh, to just wear a mask, the advice that not only is coming from the state epidemiologist's office, Dr. Angela Dunn's office, but also it's now coming from some of the leading healthcare providers here in the state of Utah. The Utah Health or the Utah Hospital Association, as you heard earlier on today's program, uh, joined together its associated members: the Utah uh, Intermountain Healthcare, Mountain Star Healthcare, Steward Healthcare, and University of Utah Health. They took part in a meeting, a joint meeting, where they spoke to members of the media and the public, and introduced this initiative to hashtag Mask Up Utah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. In fact, maybe after the program today, I'll take a, a little walk around the block. I'll put my mask on. I'll take a picture, maybe a little bit of a thumbs up. And on Twitter, I'll uh, add the hashtag, hashtag mask up Utah. Would you do the same? 
I just got on Twitter here in the commercial break, and I see that KSL's own Debbie Dejanovic has done just that. Uh, there's a lovely picture of uh, her eyes peeking out behind a mask, which she is wearing. And she wrote this tweet. When I hear the doc from the medical practice that successfully delivered my three babies in the 90s telling Utah to mask up on Lee's show, I say preach. And as adults now, my kids mask up too. So Debbie's on board. She's telling her kids to get on board. I'm on board. You on board? Hashtag mask up Utah. All right. Uh, That's going to be it. I promise I am not going to mention masks one more time on today's program. What I do want to do is shift my attention to a topic we touched on just yesterday. You you know the Safe UT app? If you have students in school, you've heard about this. It is uh, a way for students, if they're in some kind of trouble or if they have seen something, it's a way for them to say something uh, to keep uh, themselves and their schools safe. Well, that app has expanded over time, and it then, after the, the young people here in Utah have had such, success, such success with it, it's expanded to members of the Utah Army National Guard. Hundreds of National Guardsmen and women have downloaded this app and taken advantage of the functionality. The functionality available to them is, should they find themselves in some sort of crisis, uh, there are resources available to them. Well, here in Utah, there's another pool of individuals who... Uh, at times experience uh, crises, mental crisis. The nature of their job exposes men and women of law enforcement to uh, some pretty traumatic experiences. They witness things that are uh, pretty jarring, and sometimes uh, it becomes the case where those jarring experiences pile up on the mind of someone in law enforcement, and uh, they need some help. And there's a little bit of a reluctance sometimes uh, to seek that help. Well, uh, this app, Thanks in part to the work of Senator Daniel Thatcher of the Utah uh, State Senate. There's going to be a new app. There's at least money for it. There was some question yesterday whether or not all of that money was going to be made available to the development of that app. And here is Senator Thatcher describing what happened to a portion of that money. There are two different $250,000 appropriations. One was a one-time uh, $250,000 appropriation that would have been used for advertising, for billboards, for for uh, basically to just help better get the word out and spread the word about Safe UT. The other was 250000 ongoing for the development and execution and application of an expansion of the Safe UT services specifically for first responders similar to what we just launched for the National Guard. Clearly, the first responder portion cannot wait. It is, it is critically important. We lose more officers to suicide than we lose in line of duty, and that is simply unacceptable. It's, it's one of the hardest jobs in the world, and, uh, and, and we, we need to do a better job of supporting our officers. There was some uncertainty yesterday as to whether or not the funding was there. Well, we have now learned definitively that it is. You heard from the senator right there responsible for it. There will be money available for the development of this app, ongoing money. First responders will have a resource. And these types of apps uh, in the past, they have seen success. Senator Thatcher talked about that success. Anyone who looks at the Safe UT app 
will will absolutely see its success. And more than that, they'll see its potential. What we did learn was that there was some money that didn't make it for marketing efforts. Now, what's marketing? That is how you reach out to these uh, first responders, let them know that they have a resource. So uh, getting the word out will be a little bit of a challenge. But what I'm going to do now is commit to as soon as there is an app ready, uh, we're going to have conversations on this program and let those men and women who put their safety on the line each day, we're going to do whatever we can to get the word out to them Uh, and advertise here uh, on this program. We'll help in that marketing effort, all right? Because it's important. The work that they do is important. Their lives are important, and their safety is important. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm going to step aside now. I'll be back tomorrow, of course, at 1230. Right now, though, it's time for Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News Ahead here on KSL News Radio.